Welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Press Play and Run Podcast with me, your host Ryan Miller, and my co-host Alison Jardin. How are you doing, Alison? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're here again. <laughs> we're the only bi-weekly podcast that feels like we record eight times a week. They just roll around that quickly. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Yeah, I think it's been quite a, a busy few weeks again, isn't it? It feels like even though we do only do this like bi-weekly, there's always so much happens in between. This week we are going to do what we always do, have a wee quick chat about our training week with a race. We both had a race. I had a race, you had a run, sorry, the winter mm-hmm. warmer. And we will talk a wee bit about the Press Plane Run Club because we had our last run with Lululemon open on Sunday. How has your couple of weeks training been? Um, I, I'm seeing green shoots of positivity appearing <laughs> on your Insta, even if you've not spoke to me about it. Yeah, so it was no secret when we last spoke. I think I was still just track. Oh, no, I wasn't. I was I was having a terrible time because I'd just done the track 10K, and we all know how that went. I, I definitely had uh, some kind of viral thing. don't know what it was, but it took me until after that to realise that that's probably what had gone wrong as well, just being unwell. I'd say in maybe the last five days I'm starting to feel like things are coming together and like managing to push without having so much of that breathing thing had a good long run at the weekend that like I called it the reassuring hug run where it's the one you wait for in your marathon training because I think I know we're going to get on to it with people's questions but I always think the first month or so of training can be daunting can't it because you're waiting for these magical things to start happening the times to come back it to feel easier again and it doesn't always so you know it's been good did what I wanted to do had the the half marathon which I used as a training run got a few things coming up this month as well so it feels like we're getting there so I'm happy and what about you because you had an amazing run last Sunday I had an unexpected level of success at that winter warmer 10k, which I'd said, I think, on our conversation that I was offered a place just the, the week before. I'd spoken openly enough to say I fancied my chances of definitely running sub 40 because just how my speed sessions are going, I'm looking at the numbers compared to now between where I was on my London, eh, sorry, my Edinburgh training block last year, I'm thinking my numbers are ahead of where I am, heart rate's down, speed's up. So everything was pointing towards should have been able to run sub 40 if the course was fair and the conditions were fair. Alas, we got another weather warning day. (laughs) We get sideways rain, we get wind. What happened on the day was completely unexpected for me. I think the top end I would have thought would have been I got near that PB. And what ended up happening is I took like almost a minute and a half. I said it on Minster. I had the race of my life. I had a race where I was as quick as I've ever been and felt as strong as I've ever felt. And even at the end... I was in one piece and felt strong with the effort. So it all bodes well. It was a massive, massive confidence booster. Just the way that we finished, we we're obviously doing two different uh, distances, but we literally came up to the finish line yeah. at the same time. And I, I could see you coming. And the way that you finished, like you looked really strong and obviously like you got an amazing time. But what I noticed was that you cross that line and I think there you could see that there was something more to give yeah. still which is always a great way to be at this point because yeah. like you say it was a big PB especially for a 10k distance but you didn't like fall over that line no. and I was like no. wow so no you looked really strong and it was great to see so many people that it wasn't even just about time because you know we keep saying no. this as well uh longest uh, longest runs ever for some yeah. people um got people got what they wanted out of it and you know what the weather was horrific but the support out there was amazing as well 
and for the podcast too, like the, mm-hmm. the people actually oh, on the mm-hmm. course shouting out about liking the podcast and speaking to us before and after. It's brilliant. It's lovely to be at these events and, and have those conversations. So it was a, I'm treating it for what it was, an, an amazing run on the day. It all came together. But it's the confidence that you take into the next runs. It's the the real, I think if it's given me anything, it's a wee bit more confidence to say, stop holding yourself back mentally mm-hmm. from what you what you think you can do and what you can do are not always the same. Because had I known the pace I was running at throughout, I would have pulled myself back yeah. only because the GPS in Glasgow Green is so rotten at times. The watch is telling you you're running a certain pace and then you're, it, you get the K marker at the end and you're thinking that was not even close to what I thought I was mm-hmm. doing. It's quicker, but you feel okay. There's a psychological bit. So I managed to take that into, I definitely had one of my most challenging runs, long runs of my block on Sunday as well. So that was me up to 30K and it was four times 5K at marathon pace off like a 1K break in between. And the, even the break was quick. Like the to put it in context, the 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 rest 1k in between was faster than my marathon pace from Edinburgh. Wow, okay. <laughs> so so it, it kind of speaks to the progress. I've, I've spoken to you about this on the podcast. The bit I've been unsure about is how much marathon pace to put in. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that cost me the last time around. So I've been taking a wee bit of inspiration from different people in different places. And there was a session posted online by a runner that I, I follow. I thought I'm going to try that because it'll be a good barometer where I've at. I felt really, really strong and it's given me a real confidence boost because I finished that 30k feeling like for the first time ever, I could have done the next yeah. 12 at that pace. I think I could have done the marathon that day and it would have been a PB by quite a bit. It's all in a good place. Long may it continue. I'm sure I'll have my ship run. It's coming. It's in the post. But <laughs> that was almost entirely on my own, even though with such a big turnout. And you followed up your long run at good pace on Saturday with a long run with the club, an easier run with the club on Sunday. How was that for you? Because I had a different experience. I've charged off and sort of did my own thing. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was, it, like I said that a while ago, I think it's good that we've got the different distances, which makes a good option for everybody. So I ran with Uh, Laura who was doing the same distance as me but we also then ended up following with others who were continuing on actually to do a couple still do a couple of different distances and I and I thought it was great I like the Sunday runs to just chat and get to hear people yeah socialize and hear people's stories and some people are doing half marathons some people are just coming because they like running some people just enjoy the company so it's nice just to to hear what everyone's been up to as well yeah and we extended our pace ranges on Sunday yes, for yes. the first time at the at the other end of the spectrum that I didn't expect to be extending it so we had Jack shout out to you if you're listening Jack Jack turned up and we had a discussion before he actually sent a message into the the chat in advance and he's very quick and he started running with I was running obviously quite a hard session myself so I was doing my warm-up and running with Jack and Mark McCormick was there as well and I'm going to give him his kudos because he tried to hang on with Jack, which was as foolish as it was brave. <laughs> but when I was running my warm up almost quicker than what my planned marathon pace had been, I already knew levels of depth. Now I was asking him, what are you doing? What are you training for? He said, London and Chicago. So the same two that yeah, I'm doing. Cool. I was like, oh, oh, that's that's cool. I said, what's your time goals? <laughs> and he said, uh, well, I've only done one marathon, so I'm hoping to get from the 240s to the 230s. I was like, you just run on and enjoy yourself. Have a great day. Yeah. We'll see you then. 
I was about to say that's your cue to say, well, I'll just let you go. I, I honestly, <laughs> I practically lasted about like another minute and then I just started easing myself oh. back to like if I try and even get near that. But it was a picture of efficiency moving away from me. Just so, <laughs> and he does all his running himself. It's amazing. Not part of a club or anything, but came, had a great time speaking to everybody as well. And that kind of filled my cup a wee bit that somebody at that end of the spectrum feels comfortable enough to come. Because I've had a couple now who would like to come, but thought they'd be on their own. And they will be mm -hmm. if they don't turn up at the same time, because it's so fast. Uh, and then we had our usual party shenanigans at the back. So great run. Last one with Lululemon open. Sad day for the staff. A tough one for them, eh? And they've been so good. And you you posted a lovely message. I said it privately to them. You posted publicly, but they've been so good. They've been amazing. And, you know, through the whole thing since the day that we first went to that retreat back in May, was it? Like? March. I can't remember yeah. now, March. Um, but, you know, see, on Sunday, I think for anybody who's sadly a way to, to lose their job, to go in on your last day is never easy but the way that they came across they were you wouldn't have known they were just themselves they were lovely they were helpful you know they were just as amazing as they've always been so like a massive thank you but also like i i can't imagine what that took to stand yeah. there and still be amazing so ah, no great. and i hope wish them all the best and and some people made some panic purchases because it was the last day <laughs> hey allison <No. clears throat> <laughs> How many jackets does one person need might be the question that should be posed. One so, for every season. Or yes, all nine of the seasons. <laughs> so I know it's a massive thank you to them. I've sent my messages to them and I'll see them on Wednesday and we're going out for dinner next week. But it's been an amazing year practically since we got first got involved with them at all. And then the ambassadorship's just been unreal and it will naturally now wind down for me coming into may plans moving forward are not set in stone yet what we are going to do is keep running from where we're in and keep running at the same time so nothing will change outwardly except we won't have a bag drop facility in the very short term whilst we try to work out something more permanent anything for you on the horizon race wise anything that we are missing that I need to talk about no, my next race is oh, actually next Sunday. Um, I've got I'm going back to the track to do the half marathon. Oh, I didn't know that was that soon. Yeah, I I know. Neither the, did I. I was just track one hundred five. I'm going hopefully not have the same issues that I had with the ten k. <laughs> so that's what I've got next. Then I've also got Kirsten and I are going away in a little running and wellness retreat as well. So that'll be quite nice. We've got lots coming. Alison has become full-blown running wanker and is going hot weather <laughs> training, hot climate training. So what's the life of a sponsored athlete like, Alison? Except you're not sponsored. <laughs> I don't know. A self-funded um, sponsored athlete. So now we've got lots of exciting things coming up. Um, so, yeah, I just hope everything stays on track, really. And I think it's it's been good that, we, like you said at the start, there's people now beginning training for the likes of Edinburgh, which we know a lot of people are doing. We've got people kind of coming towards the end and hopefully they do continue to join us. So it's it's always that springtime year, isn't it, where the races start, people's enthusiasm lifts as the lighter yeah. mornings and nights. So I always find this is the nice time you're stepping into a little bit of a happier running place. So we're in a good place, I think, with our training. We need uh -huh. to just... Keep pushing on. How many weeks to London? Ten weeks to go. Got the email this morning. Ten weeks to London, which will mean nine weeks to Manchester. Is that a week before? I think it is. Two weeks before. Is, yeah. So we've got there at the other end of the scale. You've got Edinburgh, which is about three weeks after, um, somewhere in that range, and everything in between. 
meet yourself where you find yourself, keep going. I think we want to get some people on and hear a wee bit about their journey closer to the time, especially some of the first timers. That's who I really want to hear from there. It's so exciting for, for them going on to take on their first challenge. But you're probably, as in most things in life, doing better than you think. So keep charging on and showing up. If you keep doing that, things will be fine. And with that, Alison, I think we will hand over to our conversation today. So we have Ben Fullerton, the founder of Mount Vernon Runners on today. We've had that conversation already. So let's hand over and hear Ben's story. Join us in episode seven as a man that is absolutely stepping outside his comfort zone to share his running story with us. As the founder of Mount Vernon Runners, he's had a hand in the journey of hundreds of runners, providing a free, inclusive space for people of all abilities to run together. As a runner himself, he continues to push his own limits in everything from five kilometres to ultra marathons. Not that you'll catch him shouting about it too often. It's a pleasure to welcome to Press Play and Run, Ben Fullerton. How are you, Ben? Morning, I'm good, thanks. You, Ryan, you, Alison? Good, thank good. you. Glad to have you on. I'm good, Ben, thank you. Glad I'm good. to be on. This is one that I was explaining to Alison before we hit record, that our paths crossed when we were younger. Yep. And then, I don't even know, 20-odd years, 20 years yeah. later, we ended up through running, sort of reconnecting. So, Ben and I both trained as journalists at the same time, just after school for me. I think you would have been the same age, roughly. Yep. It wasn't until Nikki Sheridan was telling me about the Mount Vernon Runners group, which I knew existed because it's like round the corner from where I live. Yep. And she was telling me, she kept telling me about this guy, Ben. Obviously, <laughs> never put two and two together. Until then, I saw a picture of you going on and you dropped me a message to say, yep. I know who you are from I there. I know who like, you are. <laughs> Hi, exactly. And then we put the, we joined the dots and I've been along at that group a few times for running. So that's been a nice wee, we quick, but I was saying to Alison, and it's probably a place to, to kick us off, Ben, that had I put money on anybody from my younger years not to become a runner, it would have been you, because you and I were like experts in not going to lectures and going to the pub instead, and I don't yep. think health and fitness was really at the forefront, certainly your agenda at that time. Not mine, no, I mean, you had a you had a background in certainly football, so you were a lot more physically fit than I was, uh, but if I was putting money on the same bet, it would have been me, no chance. I, yeah. I didn't do any running when I was younger, it was only in my mid-30s that I actually gave running a try, so no, I was the last person, and I still feel to this day, I'm probably not a, a natural born athlete, but I gave it a try. Turned out uh, I enjoyed it, and that's it, it's, it's part of me now. I think it's a midlife crisis officially, probably, if it starts yeah. there. Yeah. What started as I was a few months away from becoming a dad was the first time any sort of fitness crossed my mind because I didn't want to be a, an older than my age, unfat parent who was trying to say to he doesn't want to be a fat dad. He didn't want to be a fat dad I, in the playground. Dad, <laughs> I was a fat soon-to-be dad. Uh, so it was through kind of fear of that that made me kind of realise I need to do some exercise, need to lose some weight, try and get healthy. It wasn't even running to begin with. To be fair, it was a outdoor boot camp for over 30s men that kick-started my right. exercise career. That was back in summer of 2016, but it was through the boot camp that running started. All of the guys that went to the boot camp done a, a pre-boot camp run and dragged yeah. me along to that and gave it a go. Wasn't particularly good at it. I mean, nobody starts running yeah. overly good at it, but it was chesty, wheezing, legs on agony, couldn't breathe. It was it was awful at times. Uh, through them kind of not letting me quit, I, I took it up briefly. Yeah. It, didn't, that's, it, it but, didn't stick the first time round, but it was back then that the journey started. Everybody's story coming in is mm -hmm. is just different somehow. You know, like I had that football background and yeah. not running. I only ran yeah. to play football. Alison's was basically avoiding PE. And then <laughs> then A-run becomes 
or maybe I could be better. That was a terrible experience. I'll come back to it years later. Everything, everybody's is different. And you've now put yourself in a position, and I'm not going to jump the gun, where you founded a Jog Scotland group. But yeah. You're seeing this from other people. So it's it's a good reminder, I think, every week that we're here is that nobody starts good at this. Or yeah. almost nobody. But you're picking it up there, Ben, at a time when you've probably got the least amount of spare time coming up when you become <laughs> a dad, and then you're picking up this, this sort of new hobby. So can you yeah. take us from... I suppose that point of the start and the reason the book camp into the point, the trigger point for it becoming more of a regular thing. Well, it was a two-part journey, I guess. So it did start in summer 2016 through the boot camp, five, 10-minute warm-up run before our sessions, led into doing 5K runs before it. And then a couple of the guys encouraged me to go along to park run. And I didn't know what park run was. I hadn't heard of it. They said, well, we're going to Toll Cross. It was a Saturday morning boot camp. And we're going to Toll Cross park run. It's only 5k. You'll be fine at it. But this was after a 5k pre-boot camp run and about 3,000 squats, it felt like, during boot camp. I, I, even though I, I've always stayed in the East End of Glasgow and I know Toll Cross Park, I didn't really know the elevation of Toll Cross Park because no. I wasn't a runner. Why would I? So I went along to... My first ever part run, post-boot camp, being told I'll be fine, and it was hell. It was not it fine. Was, it will still probably always be the, the hardest run of my life. I think I stopped four or five times in the 5K. I can't even remember my time, maybe 35 minutes, something like that. But it was just awful. And then that became a weekly thing, just trying to get around. <laughs> it was like, awful. It was terrible, so I did it every week. Do you know, like I said, I've never seen myself as a, a kind of natural athlete. My best running attributes probably just stubbornness. I'm stubborn in life. And it's not always a good thing, as my partner Debbie would inform. But when it comes to running, I think it's one of the best attributes you can have. But then my goal was just to try and get around part run, stopping less times in the week before, until eventually doing it without stopping. From there, I signed up to my first race, which was a great Scottish run, 10k in October 2016. That was the last day of my paternity leave, so my daughter Layla was three weeks old. I had a horrendous sleepless night the night before it. And it was probably the first time during those three weeks that her mum hadn't been the one that got woken up first. I finally took a turn. We went along to the, the Great Scottish. The coach from boot camp paced me. I had a goal time. I think it was 55 minutes. I was hoping to do it in. I'd done it in 53. I was delighted. Signed up for a couple other races nearer the end of the year. Done the November. Didn't do much at the start of 2017, apart from a couple of obstacle course runs. But then in June 17, Father's Day, as, as a father, I'd done the men's 10K in Glasgow. The day before it, for Father's Day, I got my first Garmin. So I was like, I'm a, I'm a runner now. I've got the watch. <laughs> Sign up for races and getting medals. I done that 10k and then I didn't run again for nine months, and I don't know why. Because you got a Garmin, couldn't work the the buttons. Aye, so (laughs) it went from getting really, really into it, progressing, getting better at it, to just stopped, and it stopped all for my exercise. Did stop, and maybe it was a an issue with time. It's that long ago now. It's it seems a lifetime ago, but. From June 17 to March 18, didn't go out running once. I don't know anybody that we've had on that's not had a dip at some point. Mm-hmm. And actually, Alison, I'm thinking about you post-New York. and uh-huh. but That was off a bad experience, but I, I've had these dips as well. Actually, even more recently than that, Ben, even like midway through my running where, Alison, you'll be the same. Actually, you had one not so long ago where... Yeah. The wheels just sort of come off, eh? You can't be consistent all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're saying you got your Garmin, you were getting really into it, yeah. you went to that race and you can't really pinpoint why. But I do totally understand that because sometimes, like you say, when you have these dips, there's it 
you can't actually work out why and it makes no sense which is actually more frustrating because you'll watch other people and you'll be like I want to be them but then you're like do I want and it's almost like a like running midlife crisis where you just (laughs) (laughs) times that you're speaking about there sound quite similar to probably where I was near the start as well and Mm -hmm. my running was fueled almost completely off successive times at the beginning like I was getting faster all the time and I know your mindset Ben having run with you you don't shout about it, but I know you're competitive within yourself. You're competitive with other people, whether they know you are or not. It's but yeah. see when you're only fueled by running faster, there comes a point where you actually can't keep running faster until you really start changing how you train. And that was oh, for definitely. me the dip. I just got to the point where I can't face going out there and running twenty two minute five k every day because that's what I was trying to do every uh-huh. run. Did you hit that point? Oh, without a doubt, actually, yeah. So a lot, of, I mean, a lot of the runs I'd done, looking back, I wouldn't say I overly enjoyed any part of it until I looked at my watch at the end. Yeah. And that was often the, the goal. And this wasn't even a, to be seen on Strava or social media. I mean, I didn't have Strava followers. I generally had no followers. There was no kudos coming my way. It was just for me to look at. But if I struggled on a run because I couldn't go flat out and every run I'd done, back then just lack of knowledge yeah i didn't run with anybody so i was every run was solo by this point yeah. the boot camp had disbanded so it was just me going out uh, running like a 52 minute 10k then becomes framed as a failure yes. because i ran 51 the last time or i ran for whatever it was it's yeah it had to be out the door 100 percent until the end misery during it at times yeah and then stop no breath look at my watch i'm like yes good time and that became that became a successful run that's familiar to me, Alison. I don't know if you ever hit that yeah. point, but that is a very familiar pattern, especially if you're in a poorer mindset or using running as a crutch or something to deal with other aspects of your life. It's like punish yourself, and if it's not sore, <laughs> you're not doing it. You're yeah. not running hard enough. From that point, you take your break. What brings you back to it? It's a day I always remember, and I remember what I was doing that day. So it was the Thursday, the 22nd of March, 2018, and I'd taken the full day off work to go and watch the Premier League darts at the Hydro, which is a half 7pm start, right? So obviously my plans to take the full day off involved getting a good drink. And I remember just being in the house, it was late morning, nothing planned for a couple of hours, and I just decided I'm going to go run. There was no build-up to it in the days leading up to that Thursday. I just went upstairs, got my running stuff, went out and done 5k, come back, went into the darts, never thought too much of it. And then it was like three or four days later, I went another run, and three or four days later, then it just started becoming regular and I signed up for the Edinburgh half and that was my first attempt at a half marathon. I think from the the day I'd done the 5k, I think I had nine weeks to, to the half and something just clicked in yeah. those nine weeks. I probably still was running too fast for like, what I didn't know about long easy runs, things yeah. like this, sessions or whatever. It was just, I was still doing my runs as best I could that day but the buzz the buzz just appeared but you can't put your finger on what made you pull the trainers back out that day no it wasn't even a like sitting for an hour or so thinking about it it was literally I just went up the stairs and I came back down dressed as a runner <laughs> if I was off to a that happens, that happens to me days. <laughs> <laughs> and out I went yeah so I've switched flicked in my mind this time it stuck so from from March 18 to to now it's just been something that it got me the second time round. so walk me through then edinburgh you do the edinburgh half how did that go oh i loved that i've done a lot better than i thought about to this date my slowest half marathon and i'm yeah. doing it this year because it's a fast course me too and i, I okay well Maybe. okay well we're all going and i just want to go back and see the difference now compared yeah. to the, the, the first year i've done it but i had such a high after it i thought i was i thought i was a man too i mean i've done a half marathon i've done it in a, a 
better time than I'd expected to do it based on my training and the rush after it was just superb and yeah. that was me just signing up for as many races as I could after Aye. that Alison you told me the date of Mount Vernon Runners before we started recording which I couldn't have told you so I'm piecing together mm. his timeline here <laughs> it was founded in 2019 wasn't yeah. It? yeah yeah so, June 2019 was the first and this is 2018 you've yes. just taken us from yeah can you bridge the gap there and tell was what got you to to start the group yeah like even even the where the seed of it came because it's a big undertaking having accidentally started a running group ourselves recently <laughs> we, we are finding out just how much of an undertaking it can be yeah. but t- talk us through the the plant of the seed and the what led to that throughout 2018 my daughter Layla was very not well for the full year we had a 11 month battle to get some form of diagnosis from for what was wrong with her ranging from potential milk allergies just a celiac potentially a lot of kind of to and fro for the hospital for children at the end of 2018 she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at two between the ages of one and two she didn't put on any weight she wasn't growing she was she was very very unwell to to cut a long story short yeah. when she was diagnosed i was still doing as much running as i could uh, still signing up for the address when she was diagnosed i just made a decision on the spot almost I'm going to run a marathon. I wanted to do something as uncomfortable as possible because I'd seen how uncomfortable her life had been for the majority of the two years. Contacted the Crohn's and Clients UK charity. Was given a charity place for Edinburgh and that became a big goal, big focus and probably helped to take my mind off the the problems at home with Leila's condition and hospital trips. She was tube fed for eight weeks, things like that. As a parent, when you're, you're helpless. Yeah. So the one thing I thought I could maybe do is let's say do something that puts me well out of my comfort zone raise money for charity obviously and just train to help my my mental space as well yeah so done what i thought at the time was non-stop running non-stop training for edinburgh but i'm i'm quite old-fashioned i keep I, I note things down i keep track of things on spreadsheets and i've got my training blocks for for marathons that i've done like the, the 18 weeks leading up to it and i look back i wasn't actually running that much can i, I just like insert a note for the listener and say ben's trying to tell you he's a geek Right, yeah. just I know he's gonna he's gonna nice like way about it here. Yeah, he's a he's a geek, but he's an old fashioned geek. Yeah, because yeah. tech is his devil. So yeah, just I don't just I wanted don't, to I don't put in an editor's note there. <laughs> my training block on Instagram or anything. Like that. You, do, you, you don't post anything. Do you know I've actually got a a, a notebook uh, for races where you write in and pen what wow. the race was, what the, the the conditions were like, and things like that. What your time was. So I'm um, even more. Sad. Yeah, old-fashioned in that Absolutely eye. sad. Sorry, taking so, you off anyway, track. <laughs> Edinburgh Marathon came around. First marathon. There's a lot of time to think during that. And it was on the the horrific out and back, or the back part. Uh, I think it was like eight or nine miles. <laughs> and Ryan head... knows that <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. it's awful. And it was in a headwind as well. well. Obviously, I'd got quite a lot of miles with the tailwind, but then you turn and realise... Ah, but you never know. Back. You never no, know. You've got, got, nobody tells you, by the way, that's turn. a tailwind. Yeah, and as soon as you turn, you know, you certainly yeah. know it's a headwind. So a lot of time to think during that, I was just thinking about my running journey and going back to the boot camp days where people who were a lot more experienced than me at running had taken, had given me their time, had dropped their pace, had helped to kind of train me to run 5k, 10k, and I remember doing 10 milers with them at times as well. And my my thought was, if people hadn't given me their time, I wouldn't be here doing this marathon. My thought process was, why don't I start a running group? I might be able to help somebody on a similar journey. I might not. Nobody might turn up. And that was obviously late May, the marathon. And it was about, I think it was 10 days later, we had the first meet of the Mount Vernon runners. At that point, had you already done your Jog Scotland stuff? No, I was booked in to do the course in 
becoming a jog leader. I want to jump back before we go to the running club mm-hmm. because you're running through quite an emotionally charged situation and even listening to that as a as a parent, I don't think you need to be a parent, I think just listening to you speaking about it. Yeah. I, I was reading Ali Bailey's book recently and she talks about running can't save you, can't save anybody, it doesn't, it's not therapy, it can be therapeutic, it can't be therapy. Mm-hmm. How much of the running helped you to process that or I, I just I'm interested to know how close that gets for me sometimes it helps me process things other times it can help me ignore them what was running doing for you and at that time and I'm thinking with people in mind that might be going through that tough time themselves and thinking it can be a barrier to your running it can be the thing that stops you getting out or it can be the thing that drives you where did it fall on the radar for you or on that spectrum it was the thing that was driving me 100% because well, at post-diagnosis I knew what I was training for I knew why I was training for it I knew, who, I knew who I was doing it for. I was doing it for Layla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my whole running became about doing it for Layla. Yep. Even things like doing a race, getting a medal. She loved putting a medal around her neck as a wee kid. She still does. She's seven now and a lot healthier, I'm happy to say. Yep. Conditions under control. But she, she was my reason for running. Yeah. And even going back to when I started boot camp, and she was, she's always been the reason. It just the reason changed a bit. Initially, yep. it was to not be... A fat dad. And then it just became to try and be an inspiration. A lot of the time, it took my head away from what was going on at home. It's just that, it's that why thing, isn't yeah, it? It's that yeah. you, you found your why and yeah. that's a very emotive why. And not everybody's can be, will be, or should be as emotive as that. Yeah. But you do need to find your why to sustain. So you get the group, you get your, your first meeting of your group. How many came? 26, I know. On the first night? First night. It was. That's amazing. You oh, must have been chatting doors because I know you weren't sending out social media. So how did you get 26 <laughs> people there? You know, when I created the group on Facebook and done a post and I think Mount Vernon Community Council shared it and some other local council pages shared it and there was a lot more interest than I thought. It was supposed to start the following week, I think. I think it was the 5th of June and it was supposed to be the 12th. But because how keen people seem to be about joining this running group, I thought, I'm going to do it the week earlier just so the people don't just change their mind. Does that yeah. get them well? They're, they're keen. But I still didn't expect that many to turn up I was thinking if like double figures turns up I'm going to be terrified uh, uh, and 26 turns up I don't know how it happened but standing in the, the community centre car park in Mount Vernon Park waiting for half six to come for it to officially be the, the start of the group and I ended up in the middle with everybody circled around me and then the first night there wasn't a great deal of running on it uh, run, running done that night it was more about who am I why have I started this group What's everyone looking to get out of it? But see, just standing in that middle, being surrounded by <laughs> yeah. six strangers, or oh, the fear that was in me. The only thing I can compare it to is when I got the message from you asking if I'd be in a guest. <laughs> oh, no, this is not me at all. Alison, I, I know Ben, the thought of him standing in a group of 26 strangers on that first <laughs> night. Actually, you can see the smile on my face. I can imagine just how nervous you were. I know what oh. you're like in your head. So I'll need to send you, Alison, the text. <laughs> can I text him about coming on here? He's, uh, I think I think it started with, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> so it's yeah. not quite the reaction we were we were hoping for. You got me, you reeled me in though, you like favourite to ask you. And I'm like, yeah, fire away. I uh, fly so quickly, you knew I was there. Exactly, and, uh, I didn't want to just leave it and then you could leave me on red. I thought I'd make sure you were engaged <laughs> yeah. in the conversation. This is not my first rodeo, you know, having to talk something really? into it. Um, but that's a big turnout. That's it a big, was. big turnout on the, the first night. And were you already a member of Shetlands and Harrows at this point? No, that was a couple of years later. Right. So you've been doing all solo running, but you're creating a space and a platform and people show up. And I think, Alison, that's what I've been shot by and said that to you about our group as well. People at the beginning said to us about the distance would put people off. 
Mm -hmm. because long running and you see the distances these numbers are just mind-blowing that we're getting i don't know if you found this ben when you started the club what i've noticed is that because there it's like a complete mix of people so yeah. you've got the more experienced runners that'll come along and you know they just get on with it because you know a long run's what they've done for years yeah. but what i'm loving watching every week is that we're getting people like ryan says the ones that maybe were we thought would be put off with the distance mm -hmm. and each week you're seeing people probably a bit like what you did that are maybe achieving like a new time within yeah. a run or a distance and that's my favorite part i love watching people's faces because you just think you've like like you said at the very beginning you had a like you had a group to set you on your journey and i'm loving uh -huh. watching the people yeah. start theirs like and that's what you obviously created at mount vernon which is nice it's, it's great to see people achieve something that they didn't think they were capable of mm -hmm. whether it is time or distance and i know there's people from mount vernon that have came along uh, yeah. to the press play runs. I think I think every run you've had people from your club yeah. there. And they're doing more than they probably thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you see people's growth not just in their distances. I'm watching people growing as people mm -hmm. in the group mm -hmm. as well, taking on a wee bit of responsibility. We had our sweeper, Mary, at the weekend, and I put out a post just to say, Mary was one of the ones that messaged beforehand to say, you should come to your group. Yeah. She was she'd to be coaxed to get to your group that night. Like a, a 5k first night, 6k or whatever. And now she's out sweeping for a group of 70 people on a long run. That's why, that is the why, that's why, that we, is. why we do it. So you, you find yourself now, how many years in 2019, we're in 2020? Four? Five. Five years? Five, five years come June, yeah. Are you just happy with where that is? Have you got a vision over what happens with it next? We used to do a, we used to do a once a month kind of longer run uh, on a Saturday. And I had kind of toyed with the idea of bringing that back. But now so many has come along on a Sunday to, to yours. I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, we just kind of... No, they, well, I'm they glad. Get, they don't you start stealing my long runners, they get, Ben. <laughs> they get you on a Sunday. So at the moment, something, I don't know what, but something happened kind of middle of last year where the numbers just went through the roof. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just, we all looked better because I finally, after four years, got some club kit. Yeah. So uh, people were on at me f about that for a long time. We were just running as a group, but with nothing showing that we were a group. Uh, once the club t-shirts, they, they hadn't even arrived. Once they got ordered, the, the numbers just went through the roof. So we're getting about 30. I know it doesn't seem much of an increase from opening night, but opening night was a peak and it dropped. Yeah. We, were getting, yeah. we were getting single figures, low teens or whatever was a was a good night. Whereas now, if I get if I get under thirty, I'm a wee bit disappointed. And four times this year so far, we've had twenty nine. So not good enough. You get those numbers up. <laughs> um, do you think as well? Like I know we're laughing about club kit, but I think we, um, if you speak to most runners, you would say in the last couple of years, I noticed there's way more runners out, and I do think it's since COVID, like like lockdown, because mm -hmm. a lot you speak to a lot of people, and that is where their running journey started. Yep. So just kind of thinking about timelines, I wonder if maybe you got the people that started to run June in that point, then maybe had to build their confidence, like on a personal level, enough to them feel comfortable to come along to your group. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe that's why there's been a bit of a an increase as well. There was a massive increase post-COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, the group got shut down for quite a while during lockdown. And the numbers that came back after once we were allowed to run as a group again. And but the first night 
we were allowed to run post COVID, it was thirty six, and it's wow. it's the record still. I think we had thirty six three or four times last year, but we've never topped it. But I think a lot of people came along because they were just wanting to see somebody different. Mm-hmm. They've been stuck in the house with whoever they live with for for months and getting out and having a conversation with somebody else was and that's what the group's all as much about the community and the conversation and running in company than it is the fitness a lot of people come along for a chat they just do a, have a run while they're doing it Which uh, but is COVID, great. Definitely, covid definitely boosted the numbers so post-covid boosted the numbers and i think that's an important thing as well isn't it like to get across with the to people like ryan said if you're thinking about joining a club we talk about this all the time about being like an inclusive uh like everyone feeling welcome yeah and I think it's important that and I feel this at Newton since I've joined that yes we go to run because it's a run club but for me the big thing as well is that social aspect so mm-hmm. you're you know and there's all abilities you're not just going to like you know start at 6 30 and run for an hour like there's chat before yeah. after June and I think for maybe people that feel a bit like oh I heard someone say it the other day actually no I, I still don't think a run club's for me I'm not there and I'm like but you've not given a run club a chance it's mm-hmm. a bit like our Sunday run like come along and see what it is like I'm sure there's no pressure you know you could have somebody turn up and then maybe feel like let's you know they might not want to come every week but it's mm-hmm. just go along and see yeah definitely I mean there's no there's no pressure to you don't need to book in it's free you just if Wednesday at half six suits come along if it doesn't suit the following week there's no there's no drama you, if, if we don't see you for a few months and then you turn up again you're welcome back as if you've never been away so and I always do try and encourage people when they come along that don't make the Wednesday your fast run make the Wednesday your, your easy run mm-hmm. have a chat so you with can people enjoy it. yeah if you want to go and do not everybody listens all the time obviously mm-hmm. and some people turn up on the Wednesday maybe it just fits in with their week and they'll, they'll go and hammer the 5k or 10k or whatever but my kind of ideal scenario for the group is everyone's running along comfortably not looking at their watch not realising how far into the, the run they are and just having a good chat with people and through the group it's not just people that run together anymore, it's people that have became friends, had nights out, they've had weekends away, they've attended others' weddings, things like that it's it's much more than just a run and even things like taking a picture and giving a visual representation of the group it's not everyone standing in club vests looking like I just group a 50 or whatever, 70 elite runners, and it's not in Mount Vernon club vest. I, I should show more, and I know that, and you're not the only one that's been on at me about it. When I asked you about it before, you said you don't think MD's interested. Why, why would MD be interested in my running? But they are. They're invested in you because you're invested in them. And the same way that people give you their time to start what you're starting, you're that guy to them. And yeah. I, I, it's a challenge to you to okay, okay. if not if not only to share your own it doesn't need to be the me 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 stuff but share your group you because you've got you've got it all there at your i know i should share the group more i'm probably more uncomfortable with sharing too much of my own running i mean the group's not the mount vernon runner like the page yeah instagram it's mount vernon runners so i feel it's a group page yeah and if i was wanting to share only my stuff and maybe no, need another I one completely but understand I know, that Separate I know the thing. power of social media and Aye. how it can benefit the group. Even last night, so after you've put the the guest announcement, I've got a message on Instagram from a guy, George, who I worked with over 20 years ago. And he's seen the picture. He follows the the, the podcast page. Yeah. And he's seen the picture. He's messaged me. It turns out he's recently started uh, getting into running. 
and this afternoon we're going to Crown Point to do a track session together. So there you go. Yeah. I've I've maybe met him a handful of times in the last twenty odd years, yeah. uh, and now I'm running with him. So yeah, now, you're, swaying, it, you're swaying me towards being more socially social media a, active, or put it in somebody else's hands. I was just about to say I don't know a huge amount yeah. of the runners, but I know a few that run for you, and they love social media. Yeah. So I'm sure you They'd could be better a few at it than me, <laughs> oh, no doubt. And I, I actually on this on the Sundays and the runs and in the Wednesdays, you're often preoccupied with what you're doing and making sure everybody's okay. And yeah. so you're the last person that can take the pictures, but you've got people there that will. I mean, we are yeah. the same. All the buzz from the run club is coming around what people share, and we just yeah. re- reshare it, repost it, and whatever it is. Um, so no, that's a challenge. I'll accept the challenge then. Do it more. Do it more. So, get it out there and, and put the story out there. Okay. So let, let's say sort of segue back into your own running. Mm-hmm. Talk me through when Shettleston Harriers came about and why to that. And the first time I went along, it was an unofficial Shettleston Harriers session because it was in lockdown where we were not skipping on it, but we were using Crown Point running track. But it wasn't the, a coach session. It was a couple of guys, Brian and Chris, that ran with Shettleston and Brian. Had been the year above me at school and I'd known him for quite a while. I'd passed him on a few runs, just the, the runners nod as we passed each other. And then I'd met him and he said, you should come along, do a session. And at this point, I was still, my knowledge of what a good training week looks like, where your easy runs, your tempos, your intervals, whatever, it didn't exist in my head. I just ran. So I went along to Crown Point, done a session with them, but these guys were all a lot faster than me. So it was almost like a solo session. I could see them in the distance, but I got a buzz. I got a buzz out of looking at what pace I could actually go, even if it was just for 400 metres. I was like, oh, never seen that number at the start of uh, the average pace. So I loved it. I just loved that. The, the finish line was never far away when you're doing fast stuff. It was painful, but you knew you were getting a recovery. And a wee bit like the, the day I suddenly decided to start running again, something just clicked with that when the official club session started again i went along and I, I do i've not been to one for a while and as much as i do enjoy them it can be a wee bit soul destroying at times because i'm i'm a above average runner i would say i wouldn't class myself much any higher than that but there's a lot of people at shettleston that are fast that, this is this is where picking your poison at the run club thing it's we, we speak about it all the time where there's a run club for everybody uh-huh. you happen to have gone and the one where you've got people competing at the sharp end nationally. Yeah. Uh, and so Podium if you are going to and winning events, and if you're going to get into the comparison game, you're comparing against the, the, the top, top end. So, and to be fair, it wasn't, a, it's not like I compare myself thinking, I wish I was that fast. Sometimes it's just too hard a session where the, if you're doing reps, the turnaround time, maybe just isn't enough for me. And then I'm maybe missing reps. And by the end of it, I don't feel I've done enough. Yeah, uh, and it's not. I've had nothing but support from the coaches there, from the other the other athletes, and I've got a lot of advice and knowledge about how to train better mm-hmm. through them. And I've, I've done uh, the cross border ten k the other week, and Toby, who you know, who's yeah. come along to your runs, he's just done it over two minutes faster than me. And at the end, he's telling me how well I've done. It's that kind of support yeah. where it doesn't matter what your time is compared to the top yeah. athletes at the club. They're all very supportive, so I do I do want to get back there, and it pushes me a bit more. I yeah. just felt that the tail end of last year, I wasn't doing a lot of fast stuff, and maybe my my pace for for attending some of those sessions dropped off. Yeah, 
but it, it gave me, I said, it gave me so much information about yeah. running that I, that I hadn't previously been aware of. Signing up for a race and turning up with the club vest on, I love that. It puts pressure, but it's a pressure I like. It's it's not I'm worried about doing badly. It's like, right, I'm doing well today because I've yeah. got the club vest on. I use it as a motivation, and not everybody would. It could be a, a heavy vest to, to wear. But... That resonates in terms of finding your training company. And Alison and I have a couple of Thursdays. We've been running with people that I would class as been in that boat of what you just explained, where the the gaps in their intervals and the pace around the intervals at are just not achievable. Certainly for me at the moment. And but Alison, we get something from it, don't we? But we don't get. Mm-hmm. You can't. They can't be the barometer for success. And it is, yeah, it's a really hard thing, isn't it? And I think like most people listening that do go to club sessions will relate to what we're speaking about because it's good. I always say it's good to be chasing. It's good to be a chaser. But there is that point sometimes I think we have to be sensible and think, well, is this session really going to work for me? Like you say, are the recoveries just not enough right now? Yeah. So and, and But what I like about a track, and we've started to go a lot on a Wednesday night, quite a few of us now, is that what I noticed last Wednesday was some of us weren't doing the same session but Mm -hmm. we were all there and we were all cheating each other every time someone passed and someone else was having a recovery and I think well even if you can maybe go along and it has to be slightly adapted it's still better than try to do it yourself yeah and that has happened before where if if the the session's been set to 500 but then you need to go the 100 back to the start I've been told by the coaches do the 400 Mm -hmm. and then you can stop still where you are the others have probably done the 500 by the time i've done the four anyway but a lot of them anyway but they've got to make their way back whereas i don't i'm in the place i need to be to start the next one so things like that they've adapted sessions to to make me feel included and mm-hmm. yeah uh, I do, actually I do do, get doing back. an inclusive track session i've found to be harder than like a long run you've got a pace range so you can yeah it doesn't really matter if you take four or five seconds off your per minute per k whatever it is you're still in that broad range but yep. on the track if you're doing intervals and you're meant to be going as hard as you can you go as uh-huh. hard as you can you're not going yeah. to be the same pace as as everybody but uh, we i found that in the thursday as well like they were jogging back whereas i'd be maybe more used to like a static rest yeah and I'm like well it's not the it's not even the time which is already shorter than i would have been comfortable <laughs> with it's the fact that you're still for me that's still a jog like moving yeah. so yeah. my recovery i'm still on the line going <gasps> ready for the, for the <laughs> next rep uh, and but there's some some feeling after it when you get there i, I, I it's just picking station but wish i hadn't so I mean, it's, no it's, it's, it's a, a i wish more people thought the track was for them because we've got mm-hmm. things like crown point airdrie sports center we've got mm-hmm. these good tracks and um, it's good to see runners out in them, but it feels like a particular type of runner that still goes. It's mm-hmm. funny you say that because I'm just laughing when you mention Crown Point because that June in lockdown as well, uh, Kirsten and I used to go there when you were allowed to run with one person <laughs> and uh, I focused on my 5k. I- I'd never run on a running track before ever because in my head running tracks were for like fast running yeah. and like professionals and I was like oh, that can't be for me yeah. and then someone actually did even say to me the other day I'll oh, see for a running track like would I need track shoes and I was like never I've just turned up I didn't even think about it but <laughs> and now it's normal but I and I remember feeling like I don't, I've never stepped on a track like yeah. this is not uh-huh. so no. again it's just something for people to think about it's and and the, they're accessible and you know like uh, Crown Point is very similar but Airdrie where we've been using it's for 
everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's, so, and it's the best mm-hmm. place to do your intervals because mm-hmm. you're not crossing roads, hitting traffic lights, yep. hitting gradients like when you're trying to be really steady. But yep. it just, I know it doesn't feel like the place that everybody feels like they belong because you have a vision in your head of who, who, who the runners are there. Maybe it's something we actually knock our heads together and, and put a session on where... Well, I'd, I've done a few sessions with, yeah. a couple of years back now with the, with the group and yeah. people loved them and every so often I get asked when we're going to do the track sessions again. Yeah. So yeah. we were talking earlier about the kind of where now for the group and the direction. Although I won't steal your weekend long run, I might try and get... The track sessions back because there's there's the appetite. They're not everyone that comes along on a Wednesday will fancy it, yeah. But there'll be enough to to justify. If it. you're willing to do all the routes and all the palaver and speak to seventy odd folk, you're welcome to steal the long run. Nah, you, nah, you can't go. A thirty I can maybe handle. But <laughs> uh, right, let's move on. Let's move on to your run. So you join Shettleston. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's going to sharpen your edge. It's going to give you a greater knowledge of how to train, and yeah, that's what well, happens definitely. when you surround yourself with people that are steeped in it. It's happened yep. to all of us on this call right now. You've had some really notable achievements that I want to speak about. I want to speak about London, the marathon. I want to speak about the ultra because that looked like one of the toughest days imaginable. And I want to know about those things that stick out in your head. So can you give me a couple of the, just don't need to give me every race, but give me a couple of potted history moments where that, that really stick out for you, resonate with you, things that you would be massively proud of in your running since. I suppose for all distances I've got from 5k up to, to marathon, I've got that race that I'm particularly proud yeah. of. So I'll start with the 5k and that was the it was Alan Scally 5k really last year with Shettleston. Once I started doing the Shettleston sessions, I'd always thought, can I get my 5k under 20 minutes to kind of the milestone? And I'd came close a couple of times that day. It was the day before my birthday, so... I want. I thought I'd be quite good if I'd done this kind of for my birthday, wee birthday present to myself. I, I sub twenty. I had the vest on, and again, the weight of that was a good motivator for me. I was in a team where I knew I was going to post the the slowest time out the four. I knew I wasn't going to. Nobody was going to be annoyed at me or yeah. feel that I'd let the team down. But I just used that again as my motivation, and I went out and I absolutely hammered the first K just so recklessly. I nearly ruined it. Second K, third K, if you look at splits, they're just starting to drop down. And then I pick it back up and I cross the line, and I think it was 1952. And that was something I'd probably spent about two years hoping to do. So to get it done and to get it done. And a relay where you're contributing to a team. Yes, yes. So that was that was a brilliant, brilliant day. Take us on then. Other sort of highlights for you and your own running? Uh, I mean, I just skip straight to London because it's the... Take us to London. I want to know about London because we've got the London buzz. So by the time I'm uh, not signed up, I managed to get a charity place through my work because we are in association with Cancer Research UK. Uh, within the last couple of years, both of my parents had been diagnosed with cancer. My mum in remission. My dad was still undergoing treatment at the time. And an email came round uh, work saying there's a charity place available for London Marathon, kind of calling all runners. I thought, well, it's not just trying to take a charity place so I can run London. It is Cancer Research UK, again, mm. it's close to my heart, similar to when I've done it for Crohn's and Colitis at Edinburgh. So I applied for the place, got the place, and I mean, that is the bucket list race yeah. for me was to do London. London and the Great North were the two that I really, mm-hmm. really wanted to do for different reasons. The training for London, by this point, I had the knowledge. I was what year was this? A lot more structure. London was last year. Last year. Last year, yeah, April 23. I'd done 
in my spreadsheet. I done nearly double the distance in training for London that I done for Edinburgh in 19, 2019 and Manchester twenty twenty two was somewhere in between. But London was I take my training to the next level. It was so disciplined, so structured. I didn't have any niggles or injuries during it that kept me out. And I had I had a goal. I had a PB goal. And on the day, I, I just can't think of another race that's went so perfectly from start to finish. The conditions were, it was cold, nice and cold at the start. There'd been a prediction of a bit of a heat wave in the, the weeks leading up to it, which was, I've never really ran an overly, or done a race in overly warm conditions. I've been quite fortunate. Like, I know Edinburgh last year was horrific for heat. Uh, I've been quite lucky, and I was dreading what that might be like if I get a warm day at London. But there was little to no breeze, maybe just slightly cooling. It was cool without being cold. It, the race went, I think my first kilometre and the last kilometre are very, very similar in times and everything in between was as steady as I could have dreamt it. I had a voice note actually from you. Uh, I was sitting in a pub in London after it and you mentioned how steady my splits had been. Yeah. Uh, and that's... Because that's the guy you, I am. So. I won't say well I done, did. I'll go and look at your splits. Uh, <laughs> your time is good, but with your splits good. So that <laughs> is, that's my running highlight. I don't know if anything will ever beat that. That's the... The first race I'd ever done without music playing. Yeah. I had the headphones on just in case they were ready to be turned on if I was in the pain cave at any point. But the noise from start to finish was just, and it felt like it was for me. Yeah. You just like forget there's other people there that are cheering for me. Actually, as you head towards Canary Wharf, Mo Farah was heading back because he was a wee bit in front of me. So, so was Alison. <laughs> was that's who the noise was actually for, by the way. Uh, probably, but the roar as Mo or Alison went running past, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I was like, "This is just pretend this is for you." And yeah, uh, it was my dream race. It's the first marathon I've done where I finished across the finish line, wishing it was further ahead. I just wanted to keep running it. Let's calm down with that. Seriously, I know uh, that, that's giving me the buzz, that Alice. And that's giving me the buzz just listening oh. and talking about it. It's oh, the... it's it is, isn't it? It's such oh. a hard thing to describe. As um, like I always say, I'm a little bit jealous of people who haven't done it. Uh, like it's going to be their first time, like Ryan, yeah. because as much as I've loved every London for different reasons, the first one was, will always stick with me for what you've said. You do not understand what you're away to go into. No. It's no, just amazing. It was just on a different level to anything I'd done before. I actually ran my, my long run on Sunday with no music. That's the first time I've ever run that kind of distance without anything to, to try and just see how it went. And I liked it. I liked the... Steadier splits. I, I just liked, I don't know. It kept me in my head more of what I was doing. It kept me in the splits that I was in the sections of the run that I was in. Yeah. In the segments. So I will have it there, I think, Alison, for on the day i'm not gonna lie i've told people not to put music in i think i might this year just because kind of what i want to do but for london i would recommend especially your first one don't have music yeah, in and if you do take it out for the last three miles yeah yeah I, I think i'll have it on standby but yeah well that's what i done it was there just in case yeah yeah but... and and then i need to take you to probably your most recent big thing which was the mm -hmm. glasgow to edinburgh ultra Remind me what the distance of that is. Well, they labelled it as 56 miles, but they've yeah. updated it for next year as 57, because it definitely ran long. So <laughs> I'm, saying that, I'm saying 57. No, that you're better. <laughs> no. But that day, if anybody followed that day, it was like a, it was a monsoon. 
it was unbelievable. I remember, I remember the weather outside on the day. I remember thinking about because I'd toyed with actually going to support that day, and there's there's nobody in the world who's that worth it to me to stand out in that <laughs> weather. And I know that kudos to the people that did make it there to support, even more so at the ones that ran. That was potentially, surely as mentally tough as anything you could have, no matter how well you've trained. That kind of day is the day that makes you want to chuck it. It was by far the worst conditions I've ever ran in and by far the furthest yeah. I ever had to run. It never let up the rain. No. It just, apart from maybe... The last, there was a point when maybe an hour or two before we got to the finish where we realised it just wasn't raining as heavy yeah. as it had been for the previous like ten hours, but it was it was just awful. Like there was so many DNFs that, as yeah, well that yeah, day. Yeah. Like I, I remember just Instagram <clears throat> being full of posts from people that trained their socks off and yeah. just couldn't keep going. Basically, it was just too much. Yeah, but you but made it. Well, there was three of us doing it. And I don't know if we'd all made it individually. I think you probably but would have. Nearly. Well, the stubbornness kicks in, I suppose. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it's like, obviously I've got the group, and I know people are watching. Uh, I knew people for the group were tracking me. I'm like, it's, I don't want to let people down. Yeah. I don't want to have to explain why I didn't make it to the end. And it's just, the only way I wouldn't have made it is if my leg had fallen off or something, yeah. or I'd fell into the canals. Yeah. But it was I actually seen people exaggerating the conditions the next day. And I'm like, there's absolutely no need to exaggerate just how hard that was. Yeah. I mean, narrow canal pass, when when you come to a puddle that's past your ankles and goes on for a few hundred meters, there's no way to go around it. Yeah. Unless you go and swim. Like that the hardest of days. Surely that medal has to take pride of place. Uh well, it's, it's massive actually, that medal. It's And it's <laughs> I, not I, been I, a never again for you, has it? It didn't make you say never again. I'd, I'd like to do it again because I don't think I can be as unlucky conditions-wise. I know I mentioned earlier how I've been lucky to not run races where it's been overly warm and things like that. Majority of the time on race day, I felt like ah, these conditions are good. But yeah. that was just not good at all. And combined with the distance and the time it took to do the distance, I feel like there's a bit of a score to settle. I didn't really have a goal. It was my first ultra. It was about finishing it. I did have a time in my head. Uh as first ultras go, it's a crazy one. It's nice and flat though. See, to be fair, a lot, of, a lot. Of, there's not that many ultras that are, uh, and that's so, what appealed to me. <laughs> the lack of elevation. See, just out of interest for me, because I've never ran an ultra, and what percentage-wise, mentally versus physically, like what did you? How would you rate that? And I suppose the weather probably is an added factor as well. I mean, it's a lot more of a mental challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's physical, but I think the physical challenge of doing a marathon is more for me because with a marathon, I've always had a time that's my that's my ego. It's not, I want to finish this. It's, I want to get under a certain time. Uh, there wasn't so much pressure on pace doing a 57-mile race. That was just, mm-hmm. it didn't overly bother me how long it would take me. Although I would like to go back and do it a bit faster. It was my first one. But it's just, you know, I said there was three of us, but it got to a point where it was just three of us that had nothing left to say to each other. Just, <laughs> right, they're just, it's like death marks to the end. And this is maybe only, this is maybe only 35 miles in. I mean, it's the second, second mile with the rain coming down. One of the checkpoints was at the Falkirk Wheel, and Debbie and Leila had met me, and like they do, I mean, the two of them have been out 
following me and supporting me and being by my side for so many races. But that was that's maybe they're not they're not doing it again. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had I bet Layla me. had to be bribed with a lot. Oh, of she doesn't look happy in some of the pictures. She's standing there with an umbrella, and they came at the end as well to see us. But uh, Debbie brought a change of clothes to to Falkirk, and I'm just thinking. What's the point? Like I just can't even be bored. Like with the effort it would take, the clothes are stuck to me. Yeah. And any new ones were just going to get soaked straight away. So it was that was mentally challenging at that point. And that was I think twenty four miles, isn't it? Yeah. So it becomes thirty plus miles of just mental torture. Yeah. Yeah, the physical side, obviously, by the end, nothing really works. Mental should. mental toughness as well, though. It's, it does speak to your resilience. Uh, I, I know that about you. I know that about you from running with you as well. Stubbornness. You know, that's not. Uh, yeah, that's a special. There's a special well you dig into there. That's somebody who's mentally not well at times enough to just. Keep <laughs> you know my my favorite message, and it's another one for you after it. Uh, the message from Ryan. Stop telling people was, that I'm supporting people. Well, it said, you are a fucking savage, you stubborn bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like me, Alison. I, well, I, I was about to say, Ryan really doesn't sound nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, No, it's, it's just stubbornness, fucking absolute stubbornness. Oh. <laughs> well, like I said, I think that's my main attribute as a runner. <laughs> I don't like to give up. No, and it's actually, can't overstate how important that becomes as you start going up the distances, because yep. mm-hmm. that just inevitably, the further you're running, the shittier some of your times will become. Yeah. Fair to say, Alison? I think you have to have that kind of bit in your personality, that stubbornness and determination mm-hmm. to to do maybe marathons and ultras because, and the, and I'm, I'm don't, do not mean anyone specifically, but there's just people I've met over the years that do maybe sign up to like the longer distance and then get to a point and they're like, no, do you know what? That just wasn't my day. Whereas yeah. I know just with like the way that I am, I, if I had to walk or yeah. crawl, I'd finish it. So I think yeah. you need a bit of that mental, like, I don't know, like, insanity. Before Alison takes you into the quick fire round, talk me through big goals for this year coming up. What's looking forward for you? Where are you at? I mean, I've got, I've got Manchester Marathon this year. So that's what I'm currently in the, the training block for at the moment. I would like to PB it. I don't know if my PB days are still, if I've still got some of them ahead of me or whether it's yes, you having to maybe Always. change my goals. I'd like, I'll be honest, I'd like to attempt a PB at every distance this year. I, I feel like my training, I said London had went so well. I feel like it's better now than it was then. Certainly so far in this training block. I'm not, I'm doing more, even with the training with London, I've done it, I've done it, as well as I could, like I said, I still feel there's improvement there. Yeah, I'd like to attempt every distance this year. From I think it was from September 22 to you know April 23, I, I took every PB. I, I broke, I broke yeah. them all. So, some of them more than once, and by uh, quite a bit. And I feel that's my my goal is time. I'm not over the time goals yet. I feel like where you are is where I am. If you get the marathon training right, uh-huh. that should be in play as a byproduct, as opposed to I'm not going to start training specifically for 5k in the middle of a marathon block. Yeah. I know that if everything keeps going the way we're doing speed sessions and yeah. that work, these things, I think they're attainable for you. I definitely don't think your PB days are behind you. I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure they're not. So Manchester Marathon is a biggie. Have you anything else later in the year? I've got a few, a few booked, but that's the kind of one I'm focused on. I've got another nice half before then, okay. uh, next month. That's not going to be a goal race, I don't think, but on the day, you don't know. You get no. carried away the, the atmosphere. Put the your vest on. I uh, you put the vest on and you think that instead of this being a 
long training run my medal, it might end up being go as fast as I can and see yeah. how I go on. Uh, I've got other ones booked. The the ultra I'm toying with the idea. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a hard no for this year, but it's maybe more likely next year. Yeah, yeah. Ten yeah. uh, k wise, uh, I think we'd do the Babcock Shelton. Right, Alison. I think it's time for us to take Ben into the part of the show that's familiar to most people. You're going to take him into the speed round. So when you're ready, put him through right. his paces. Ready to go. Ready. Okay. Favorite running shoe of all time. So I'm definitely a, a Nike fanboy. I'm a Super Shoe fanboy. And it's between the Vaporfly and Alphafly. I think, although I find the Vaporfly a bit more fun, a bit more fast, I'm going with Alphafly because that's the shoes. I wore during London. Favourite training route? Do you know what? I enjoy the route I'm doing at the Mount Vernon Runners just now on a Wednesday because we do variations of a similar one, but it leaves from Mount Vernon Park. It goes up a hill at Broomhouse. It goes up another hill and it just gets the most complaints. Uh, <laughs> people on the Facebook page are always referencing how hilly it looks, how awful it looks, but the second half of it's a lot of fun. And by the time they get back to the start again at the car park, they've all had a good run. They're all saying they're happy with the routes. So that's that's one I enjoy. Not just doing myself, but watching others hate the fuck <laughs> Share the pain. And then the buzz they get on the way down. So Right, I think we know the answer to this one. Proudest running moment? London. London by far. No doubt about it. Worst running or race experience? You know, you're maybe thinking it's going to be the ultra, but there is, there is a contender, and this is a a risky one to bring up because it was a Newton Road race in 2022, but it's not a slight against Newton. I wasn't going to do that race that day because I had a slight niggle. So instead of that, I was kind of afternoon, early evening drinking. Thankfully, I think it was a 12 o'clock start. Uh, if it had been a 9, 9 a.m. one, I might not have made it. I went out at the start. The route was kind of gentle downhill for the first 5K. And after the first K, I thought, I'm just hammering this for 5K. I got to the turn in 1959. It was the first time, not official, obviously, but it was the first time I'd seen under 20 for a 5K. And I nearly just walked off the course to win. <laughs> I was in a bad way. I think I was about 22 and a half minutes to get back because I realised <laughs> if I stopped, I still had to get back home. We build that as a flat, fast 10K, but there is there are a couple of there are a couple of hills in it. That it's, it's, it's a just, race of two halves. It's jaggy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that one's probably the worst condition I've ever done a race in. Which leads nicely into the next question, which oh. is your uh, go-to race nutrition, beer? Tennis, tennis. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not, I used to, used to do it more than I should. I've not had a drink since New Year's Day, and that's part of my kind of trying to take this marathon plan a bit more seriously. But my nutrition on uh, for fueling is I like high-five gels. If I'm not on gels and just on liquid uh, tailwind in the water. I find both of them work with me. I've never had any, never really had any issues with any gels, but I do like a, a high five. I find them really easy to take on the run without having to kind of change how you're running. So you're nice and down or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner, what advice would you give yourself? Probably don't do every run as if you've been chased at the start because what we not mentioned is I, I, I did lose chunks or through injuries, through shin splints and plantar issues. And and I think the way I trained, so enjoy it more. Don't just enjoy what the the watch says at the end. Don't be worried about how your time might look on Strava. People generally aren't looking at it saying, 
oh, I wonder what's up with him today. He's ran five minutes slower than he normally does. Except me. Unless you're dying. Ryan does, I <laughs> I would say enjoy it more. Enjoy the actual running, not just the end, the end result of, of your running. Good advice. One inspirational Instagram profile that you would never skip by. You're asking the non-Instagram guy, the non-Instagram guy about <laughs> Instagram. Do you know, you both know Natalie Hunter and see the work Natalie does in the community, the clothing collections, the volunteering at Part Run, pacing at Part Run, pacing at races all across the UK, seeing the positivity she has for other people's achievements that she rates way higher than her own achievements is, is great to see. And then she kind of levels that out with maybe tagging me in reels that abuse me yeah. in some way and here, me. So does that here, bloody here. I'm so yeah. glad to see somebody picking up on that because she does <laughs> she does not on the good bit, she does phenomenal work and oh, yeah. and doesn't shout about it. But she's also very capable of being a wee arsehole as well. So she's got <laughs> she's got that kind of yin yang bit about her. So well done for picking that one up. It's called balance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Run with or without music. Well, these days I train and run solo. Uh, still, still enjoy running with music, but when it comes to race day now, it's headphones on as a kind of comfort blanket in case I need them. But I tend to not. So, train and runs, music, races, not. Favorite park run? You know, I've done very, very few park runs. Uh, I've only been to four different ones, and I've always tended to do my long runs on a Saturday, which is why I've probably not been. I think I've volunteered more than I've ran in them and I've not volunteered probably as much as I should either but I, Strathclyde because it's it's where my fastest one uh, took place it's only, I've only done Strathclyde part run once really? aye and it was a it was a PB at the time it was quite a significant one because the only other part run I'd done prior to that was Toll Cross <laughs> a few, I've done Toll Cross more than any others and I've yeah. not done that much uh, but to go from Toll Cross knowing just how much it was it was horrendous every Saturday to then do Strathclyde. Loved it. And yeah. I, nice that, and flat. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a popular answer, but it's it's the one. No, it is a good one. Uh, best tip to go out of the door to train or run when motivation is low? If I'm struggling with motivation, it's a kind of, you never know who's who's watching tip. Uh, whether that be looking around and looking at Layla. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, she's my why when it comes to running. So find your why, like we meant, like we said earlier. If you can find your why, if you're struggling with motivation, just remember what started you in your running journey and, and get out that door. You don't, well, personally, I don't think you finish a run and go, I wish I hadn't bothered. You might not have the best run of your life, but you'll sit there and wish you had more than you'll sit there and wish you hadn't. Your worst run's oh, always like better it. than not running. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And then finally, finish the sentence. I press play and run because... Because I am a crabbit, moody nightmare if I don't. Love it. And Debbie will appreciate <laughs> that one because as much time as I do spend out of the house and you get a bit of guilt with it, a bit of dad guilt when you're away, I think it works out best for us all that I, I get out there and run. That's so funny. I was just telling Ryan the other day that I got asked a question about what would you rather do, uh, sell your six-star medal or never run again? And I gave a nice answer about, well, you know, there was so much like commitment and sacrifice, so I would sell the medal. And <laughs> Sandy was like, uh, no, if you didn't run, we'd be divorced. You're a nightmare. <laughs> 
Maybe that's maybe that's our why. Everybody's why. So exactly. They, it's not yeah, even your why. It's because other people need you. <laughs> they just yeah. Kick you out the door to make sure you yeah. keep doing it. Absolutely. Well, we're going to finish off Ben with the the choice that every guest has to make, and that's the choice for. Uh, the choice of song for our Press Plane yep. Run playlist. So that playlist currently sits on Spotify and now sits also on Apple Music, thanks to Steph, who added it for me, and she's going to keep that up to date. I'll put both links into the show description, and you can find it there. So if you're on that other platform, and not just Spotify, you can get it. So this typically, Ben, would be a track that has stayed in your running rotation for whatever reason. It could be a motivating reason. It can be a sentimental one. The choice is entirely yours. What's it going to be? It's, it's more a sentimental one. So when I done my first marathon in Edinburgh, back when I raced with with music, as I was getting close to the finish, the last song that I listened to before taking the headphones off and trying to listen to the crowd was uh, "On with the Show" by Motley Crue. Anytime I hear it, it just takes me back to that first marathon. It reminds me why I'd done it, why I'd kind of stuck with the running and everything that had been on with Layla and the build up to the marathon. Yeah. And I always feel when I'm running no matter what the number of songs I may have in a playlist and if I'm only out for a 10k or whatever it always seems to come on yeah I like it I I like it when songs sort of attach themselves to a moment a memory or a it's nice when we get them yeah it takes me back to that day and that's that's my choice something off the beaten track as well which and it's going to follow like gbx and chesney hawks on the playlist so by the time people have heard beth gbx song jim's chesney hawks number they're probably ready for something a bit more (laughs) avant-garde well ben all that's left to do is thank you same we do every guest you've given up time all you do really is give up time for other people in their running you've gave up time to talk to us today about your running and i know that it's not your natural comfort zone to sit and talk about yourself like that but it's important that we recognize some of the voices that inspire in our community and you do whether you are always willing to accept it or know that you're a source of inspiration to other people that's why your numbers turn up they're invested in you you provide the platform but there's loads of places you can go to do that so there's something that you're doing that's working we can't wait to see what you keep doing we hope that this stays that connection between your club and ours Mm-hmm. Um, because you've, you've they've brought something with them and it's lovely for me to be able to go out on the odd occasion I do run on a Wednesday it's normally yep. my rest day and have that group there and get the chance to catch up with you as well so thank you for all that you do and good luck with your goals we'll be watching thank stay, you very much thank stay away both. from silly ultras and I'll uh, remember <laughs> the you. challenge of on, more online activity yes so. please and we'll share it tag us and we'll share your stuff and, and well, make okay. sure that they're seen there so thanks a million for your time Ben I appreciate it Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.